How do I know if a ch certain challenge is for me? How do I know if a certain challenge is for me? So obviously, the first statement is that challenges don't always ask us permission to enter into our lives. In other words, there's two types of challenges. There are challenges which spring on us that we have to deal with whether we like it or not. Those challenges have a name. We call it life. Uh, whether it's in Torah, Avoidog, Melchasodim, family, parents, spouses, children, work, play, community, society. Challenges don't always ask, uh, would you like to have me? Um, in fact, the vast majority of challenges just spring on us and we have to respond and we have to deal with them and uh, we try our best right we try to face the challenges deal with the challenges and optimally and ideally succeed with the challenges and actually grow from the challenges this question is dealing particularly with the choice a challenge that a person chooses to undertake and um it's a unique category. It's actually a luxury, right? It's a, it's a special circumstance when a person gets to choose what kind of challenge they want to undertake. So I want to share two basic points. Um, I suppose the first one you would call controversial. The second one is kind of obvious in the Rebbe's teachings. The controversial one is this, that when you look at the Rebbe's Sikhs, there seems to be, I think, a bit of a difference in the earlier Sikhs and the later Sikhs. In the earlier writings of the Rebbe, the Rebbe brings a title from the Baal Shem Tev, where the Baal Shem Tev essentially says that the thing that's the most difficult for you, that is your challenge. And the proof that it's yours, it's that's very difficult. Um, and the philosophy is that um, our Neshamas come into this world with a mission to undertake certain things. And when something is particularly difficult for us to undertake, it's because our neshama needs to undertake it, and the forces that are challenging our neshama are challenging our ability to undertake it. So it's almost like a subliminal message. When something is very hard, that is self to prove that it's my business. That's one angle. On the other hand, the Rebbe seems to indicate that a person needs to go to what he's good at. You should gravitate to what you're good at. What should you do? What field of shlichus should you get into? To use your koiches and use your chushim, use the talent, the gift that the gave you to see through your mission. Like This one may fit Yiddishkeit with his mouth, this one with his wallet, this one with his pen, this one with his body. So th those are two angles. They are on the surface contradictory, and perhaps they're actually contradictory. One angle is saying that the proof that the challenge is yours is that it's the greatest. Um, and it's the fact that it's so hard is that I had that it's the most important for you to succeed at. And the other angle is undertake challenges that appeal to you. Go in the direction that you have a chush, that you have a sensitivity for, that you have a feel for and succeed optimally, maximally. 
So that's my first point, that I think that there's a difference in the earlier and the later Sichas of the Rebbe. I may be wrong about that, obviously, but that's how I understand it. And now comes my second point. And my second point, I think, is if you read the Rebbe's writings, it, it's, it's just the way it is. It's incontrovertible. It's just a fact. And this, of course, goes back to the famous statement that the Rebbe Rashab made um, almost 140 years ago, where the Rebbe Rashab, the quote is, We no longer know the secret of the mysticism about elevating sparks, and therefore the avoidant nowadays has to be grab and eat and grab and drink. Or to add one more detail, that the reason the reason that nowadays we no longer know the mystical secret of the elevation of sparks is because all that's left is small little jugs tiny little sparks which are impossible to know which spark belongs to which person and therefore we have to grab and eat and grab and drink what this means in plain English is this um, every Nishama, every Jew, every soul comes into this world with a mission the mission has many parts. It involves learning Tate, it involves doing mitzvahs, and it also involves Chalki Be'elam, to elevate a certain piece of the world. And of course, you have to figure out which piece is yours. So you have in the Hayyim Yayim, that Sadikim know where their piece is, and they go to it, and the rest of it, the rest of us, the Ma'adishem, Mitzah, the Gever, Kanan, the leads us to our place. But there's still an idea that every Jew has a different spark to elevate. Going back a long time ago, you would go to a tzaddik and he, without telling you necessarily all the spirit, the spirituality would say, do this. And in other words, the tzaddik could see that this was the reason your neshama came into the world. The classic story that we tell in Chabad, that was here by the name of Remeir Simcha, he was a big Talmud Chochem, he was the grandson of Reperitz, and when they got married, the Rebbe Marash told him to go into business, which was a big shock. Everyone told him to go into Rabonis. This was his Indian. This is called Seda Birudim. This mystical secret of which sparks belong to which Jew. So the Rebbe Rashab says we no longer know this mystical secret. Not because the Rebbe Rashab is less of a tzaddik or less of a baruch HaKadosh or less of a Rebbe, but because the sparks are smaller. And therefore the policy in the last generations is grab and eat and grab and drink, which means in plain words, if a opportunity comes to you, that's the proof that that is your job to elevate. If an, an Indian, a challenge which has to do with Afatasa Teir and Afatasa Yadas and Afatasa Hasidas, the spreading of Teir and Yiddishkeit and Hasidas, comes in your direction, that itself is the proof that it's your business to engage with. So when you ask, according to this final point, how do I know if a certain challenge is for me? The answer is that it comes to you. If it comes to you, that's the I that it's your business. So these are my thoughts. Um, I suppose you could walk away after these seven minutes and say I haven't answered the question but I guess you could say also I've shed some light on the question, there are different angles one angle is the hardest thing is yours, the other angle is the thing that you're best at is yours and the third angle is, and this is probably the most accurate when an opportunity strikes in the yonam of you take it and I want to finish with a personal story that I heard from my father-in-law his name was Moshe Nemenov. He was the son of Reb Nissen Nemenov, who was a great chassid and a mashpia and a eved alikim be'emes. My father-in-law married the daughter of a printer. My great, my grandfather, my shvigers was Angezut. My mother-in-law's father was Matlal Shustaman, who was the Rebbe's 
typesetter and printer. So when my father-in-law got married, his father-in-law took him into the business of the typesetter. My shved was Ayida Tzadik. My, my father-in-law was a very special person. He was a Balmadrege, a Ovid, and a big, big Talmud Chochem also. So when Reb Nissen was here, after the Chasaneh, and he discovered that his son Moshe became a typeset, he was a bit taken aback. And uh, he went into the Rebbe Tichidus. Now, of course, when my father-in-law got married, he had written into the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told him to take the job. So in Yechidus, Reb Nissen said to the Rebbe about his son, who was the typesetting business, perhaps this is not his business. But the expression that he used was perhaps this is not his beater. This is not why his neshama came into the world to elevate sparks. Now he said it probably more tongue-in-cheek than anything else. It's a Yiddish expression. You know, you a piece of cake. It's my nebirudim. My job, my nebirudim. So that's how he said it to the Rebbe, I'm assuming. And the Rebbe took it very seriously and the Rebbe answered very earnestly. And the Rebbe's answer was as follows. I heard these words from my father-in-law directly. The Rebbe de Shvera gesagt, as er versteht nicht und seid abirurim. Ich verstehe sicher nicht und seid abirurim. Aber er hat gebeten, um not, as er gesagt hat, as er geheißen, soll er sein als er. Which means, my, my father, the previous episode, he doesn't know the mystical secret of Sparks. In other words, which Sparks belongs to which person. I certainly don't have a knowledge in seid abirurim. But he asked, and I answered, and it should be that way. Now, part of this story is that the Rebbe trusted his instincts. If the Rebbe told someone to do something, the Rebbe would later say, if I told you, then this is the right thing to do. I want to conclude with a story that I heard. I think I heard it myself, Rabbi Groner from Yitzhak Dharav, Yitzhak David Groner from Melbourne, Australia. That he was once here in New York by the Rebbe, and the Rebbe sent him on a to do something for him. And he told him that when he finishes this mission, he's going to give him a second mission. And he told him what the second mission would be. Upon his return, the Rebbe told him to do something else. So he said to the Rebbe that before I left, the Rebbe said that when I finish mission A, I should do mission B. And the Rebbe said, yeah, is that what happened? Is that what I told you? That when you finish A, you should do B? He said, yeah. So then you do what I told you. The Rebbe trusted his first instinct, his machshava rishoyna, uh, which is a throwback to a famous story, an avort, about the Mezitcher Magid. The Mezitcher Magid said to his son and successor of Avram the Malach, Avram the Angel, about the Alter Rebbe. Zayn Machshav Arishen His first thought is a miniature prophecy. And apparently this was this gift, like the, you know, just like the smile which the Mizit Shemagad gave the Alter Rebbe, went over to, from the Rebbeim, from Eder Lader, and the Rebbe trusted his instincts. That's the story. Mm-hmm.